0: You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research podcast. This podcast is not investment research and nor does it purport to make any recommendations. Rather, this podcast is for informational purposes only and it is not to be relied upon for any investment purposes. You are advised to read the full Global Economics and Markets Research disclaimers, which can be found at www.combankresearch.com.au. Hi there. My name is Dennis Fosnesemski, the Agri and Sustainability Economist at CBA. This podcast is coming off the back of our just released weekly report, Global Grain overflow. Boy, it's been a rough week for grain markets. Global wheat prices are down around 6% as of the 19th of February. Global corn prices down just over 3%. Soybeans down almost 2%. Uh, locally in Australia, we've seen wheat, track wheat prices down around four percent on average across the port zones. Barley down three percent, canola down only around a percent. But it's on top of all the declines we've seen over the last couple of weeks and months since the year began. Now, joining me today to delve into the latest on global and local markets is sustainability economist John O. Oh. What's been happening in, you, in your world, John?
1: Hey, Dennis. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Um, things have been well on my end. It's been a little wet here in Sydney, so trying to dry things off and not <laughs> go for a walk outside. No. Um, how's, the, how's it looking in the other cropping regions? What's been the rainfall there this week? Yeah, so
0: in, in parts, it's been more of, more more of the same. So, for example, if we look at northern New South Wales and southern Queensland, So there's been a lot lot of rain recently. Uh, If you look at, uh, for example, Western Australia, soil moisture maps show it's very dry. Recent rainfall data show that it's still very dry. Uh, So limited rainfall apart from that southern Queensland and northern New South Wales area. And it's actually also starting to show up as drying, so getting drier in parts of South Australia's southeast and northern cropping areas and in the southwestern Victoria. So there was a lot of rainfall Saying the start of the year, end of last year, uh, but now it's backed off a little bit and it's showing to be a little bit dry. We're yet to see if uh, it actually becomes dry, and that is a concern. For now, it's not, uh, but it is definitely one to watch. Uh, in terms of the outlook, uh, it's looking like, well, fingers crossed, it's a bit more positive for Western Australia over the next eight days. So if you look at the Bureau of Meteorology's forecast, they're saying possibly 15 to 25 mils of rainfall in the next eight days for Geraldton. And a reminder, Geraldton's had zero rainfall since the start of this year and actually in the back end of last year as well. Uh, and 10 to 15 mils for Esperance. So uh, we talked about in the last podcast that it was very dry in Western Australia when I went there only a handful of weeks ago. Um, Hopefully these rains turn things around slightly. They're not gonna make it all turn around and become wonderful right now, but it's at least a slight improvement, hopefully.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed for Western Australia. So you mentioned this past week, USDA has come up with a bearish 24, 25 forecast, and that's had a negative impact on pricing in global grain markets. Can you just explain for us why this report is so impactful and what the result of that report was?
0: Yes. And just I'll take a bit of a step back. Uh, so I mentioned this in the weekly report that we released to clients. So if you are a client, be sure to check that out. If you are not subscribed yet, talk to your banker and you'll be able to get a copy. So we go uh, every single week into what's been happening in local wheat, barley, canola markets, pulses. So be sure to have a look. And yes, you're right, John. This week, we, we talked about some of the bearish factors for pricing of some of the factors that have caused prices to decline over the last week, including the USDA report. Uh, The USDA released their first 2024-25 outlook just for the US. Uh, That's for supply and demand uh, forecasts for the marketing year ahead. And for now, basically what it's showing is just a lot of stock building. So if, if we look at ending stocks For wheat, they're expected to rise by 17%. For corn, also around 17%. For soybeans, 38% compared to last year. And all this stock building is coming despite the fact that total area is actually declining 1%. uh, And total domestic US demand for the three crops together is growing 1.2%. So... You have rising stocks, despite the fact that area plant is expected to decline, total U.S. demand is actually rising. And there's a couple of other interesting things to note here. It's the fact that the USDA is also forecasting U.S. corn stocks at a very large 64 million tons which is the highest level according to usda data since 1987 so a big one there now i think one thing to keep in mind and we may talk about it later in the forecast uh, in the podcast part of me uh, is that the yields they have in those forecasts for crops in the u.s that for now the market's saying they're quite optimistic so there may still be some downgrades uh, but we'll talk about that a bit later
1: sure so there's um High levels of stock is obviously a negative factor for grain pricing in the U.S. How about outside the U.S., like in the Black Sea? What's happening there and is production also on the up over there?
0: Yeah, so over in the Black Sea, Russia's is uh, being forecasted by local consultancies to be anywhere between 92 to 94 million tons of production. Uh, just to give you some context, last year, the USDA estimated that Russia produced 91 million tons. Uh, and that was already a year where globally there was a significant supply of Russian wheat. So if we're moving into a year where there's even more production, definitely not a supportive factor for pricing. Uh, and in terms of uh, just some commentary on growing conditions, so far seems quite positive. Uh, from a yield perspective, as positive. Um, mild growing conditions, good snow cover, Um also, the only negative I've come across, it was reported by Ukro Consult that there's been some water logging in Southern Russian uh Growing regions in in Ukraine, Ukraine, agro Consult saying also very favorable temperatures and growing conditions. The Ukrainian ag minister uh, came out and said they only expect one to two percent winter kill of winter crops this season versus a normal closer to around seven percent. You know when there's uh, when there's more heavy frosts. Eastern Europe so far also looking quite favorable. So overall, that region is quite positive at the moment.
1: Sure, and uh, we can't talk about global uh, grain markets without. Uh, talking about South America. They're one of the largest exporters of soybeans and corn. Anything to note there in the past week or two, Dennis? If we look at
0: Argentina, there a little while back there was a, a dry spell, a very hot and dry spell. Uh, there would have been damage to crops. It, time will tell just how much damage there was, but recently rains have returned. Uh, growing conditions again have started to look more favourable, so nothing too bad in Argentina. Brazil's so far, the soybeans that they're harvesting, there are some low yields coming out, but it was expected, this is the crop that was planted back in September, October, and is the, the early maturing soybeans, which have been, uh, that were impacted by dry conditions as we move uh, into, for example, the Rio Grande do Sul region, there's expected to be better yields there. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see in the, in the coming weeks how that turns out. Um, The other interesting thing to keep an eye out for is Conab. Uh, They're estimating Brazil's second corn crop area down 7.6% on the year. Uh, Just again, to give you a context, two main corn crops in Brazil, first crop and second crop. Uh, The second crop accounts for around 77% of total corn production. Now, again, in the coming weeks, we'll see if that 7% reduction is realistic. uh, If it is actually uh, quite a significant decline in in corn planting for that second crop that could be could be supportive of pricing but for now conditions are still looking good and and that's weighing
1: on markets now that all sounds pretty uh negative for pricing is there anything on the price upside our listeners should keep an eye out eye out for like um i heard it's quite dry in canada
0: It is very dry. And if you compare it to this time last year, you can see just how much drier it is in in a lot of those key cropping areas in Canada. Very dry. Uh, But it is important to keep in mind that planting in the Canadian prairies, for example, still six to eight weeks away. Start of May is really when it all kicks off and goes into full swing. Uh, But definitely one to keep an eye out for um, especially it's important. Remember, Canada is important for wheat for wheat exports, for canola exports, for lentil exports, big market in all of them. Uh, for canola, it's our biggest export competitor. So if there are issues this year uh, for growing canola or lentils, again, or wheat um, in Canada, that's definitely uh, something that is that would be supportive of pricing. Uh, we mentioned previously about US yields so far, uh, the forecast by the USDA being quite optimistic. Um, look, there's... It's fair enough in one sense. If you look at the recent drought, uh, national drought data for the U.S. Uh, that comes from the UNL, they're saying the proportion of U.S. corn area that is under drought conditions is 26%, which seems like a lot. But at this time last year, it was 43%. And for wheat, it was tw- uh, it's 12% now of, of winter wheat area is under drought conditions, whereas last year it was 57%. So... Look, if there are downgrades uh, that would be supportive for the time being, it's actually looking like quite favourable conditions. Uh, there's see- another factor, I've only got two more here. Uh, there seems to be more and more talk about restrained farmer selling in key growing regions, whether that's in Brazil or Russia, as, as prices moved closer towards cost of production. Look, it's something been, that's been said for a while now. And look at the reality, prices have kept declining globally. So while it's something to keep an eye out for, there's someone clearly willing to sell at this point. So uh, f- for the time being, prices are declining. The very last one is Chinese piglet prices have actually gone up quite substantially over the last week, around 21%. Now we're going to have to wait and see if it's, ten- if it's a temporary blip uh, or it's more supportive of the-, the feed demand environment in China. For now, there's still concerns over demand uh, from China from an import perspective and domestic demand perspective. Let's wait and see what happens in coming weeks.
1: Okay, Dennis, now all the things you've mentioned so far have been on the sort of the global picture, and we've seen this large price decline. What about locally, and why have prices been declining?
0: Locally, prices have been declining uh, for once for basically two reasons. One is that seasonal conditions in the East Coast and South Australia are looking quite good. I know it's still dry in Western Australia, but the, the end point is that we are an export-focused uh, nation and in order to be able to export grain, we have to be price competitive with international markets, uh, and that's especially especially the case uh, when it rains a fair bit, like it has on the east coast, which confirms uh, that we're likely to have uh, a decent sized crop with a surplus to export. WA, I very much recommend you go have a listen to our previous podcast where we went into the details uh, there. But I think I'll I'll wrap it up there, John.
1: Yeah, I think it is a good time to wrap up. So just to I guess summarize the discussion today. Global prices have seen a considerable decline, uh, reasons being the one, the bearish uh, USDA outlook for 24 and 25. Secondly, good uh, production prospects in the Black Sea and in South America. And thirdly, um, yeah, local prices that have been following um, the global market, which is on a downward trend. Like a- Anything else you want to add from your end?
0: No, I think that's all good Uh, from my side. I would, again, uh, reiterate that if you're a client and you don't receive our reports, please talk to your banker so you can get signed up. Uh, And lastly, you can follow me on Twitter or X, as it's now called, at at Voz underscore Dennis. And you can find me on LinkedIn by searching Dennis space VOZ. And I'm sure I'll come up there. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, John. All right.
1: Thanks, Dennis. See you later. Bye.